and after that pastor michael sundar singh will share god's word and also uh, he will finish he will uh, end the service with benediction good morning church so reading from the book of acts chapter 6 verse 1 to 7 now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number a complaint by the hellenists arose against hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution and the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of god to serve tables therefore brothers pick out from among you seven men of good repute full of the spirit of wisdom whom we will appoint to this duty but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word and what they said please the whole gathering and they chose stephen a man full of faith and of the holy spirit and philip and procorus and nicanor and timon and Par- parmenas and nicolaus a proselyte of antioch these they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them and the word of god continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith this is the word of god dear brothers and sisters i'm so overwhelmed with joy you won't believe how much my heart is leaping jumping within me hallelujah praise the lord praise the lord you know what a wonderful day you know today this sunday in my life also and uh, for the life of stc church as we celebrate the mothers day thank you men's fellowship making it so colorful full of roses and uh, dear sunday school and uh, teachers and all those who are involved in the ministry to the children you made it so colorful today and uh, therefore you know i see this very topic or the caption that i made for today's sermon is almost you know preached through actions by the church actions speak louder than the words and i am also so amazed to say you know this stc church i have seen is been a caring church so you know i don't know what i'm going to speak 
further on because you are all into action. You are doing more than what you know uh, can be expected of. And I also am very thankful to God for bringing me to this caring church and uh, growing church, growing church. I'm sure all of you have experienced the growth and also that the lesson that we've been learning from the uh, book of Acts of Apostles, from you know their very early churches, uh, teachings and the learnings, we are learning and we are growing. Thanks be to God. Shall we look to God in prayer? Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank and praise you, Lord, for making us as a growing church and a caring church. And Lord, more than what Lord, we could speak or tell others, Lord, we are already practicing most of the things that we have learned from your holy word. But once again, inspire us and Lord, stimulate and Lord, uh, uh, instigate us through your Holy Spirit to Lord, to care more and to Lord, apply your word in our lives. May the meditation of our hearts and whatever I'm going to share be a blessing. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, we've been looking at this aspect of growing church or growth of the church and the lessons from the early church in the book of Acts of Apostles. I put a nice uh, image up here. You know, the growing church always comes with hands joining together. And if you look at the whole of our churches, you know, there are something what we call some imperfection because we the human beings are always imperfect people therefore there's a quote saying if you find a perfect church please don't go there because your presence will make it imperfect so we have to know there are lots of shortcomings did did, did it happen in the early church managed by all 12 apostles brothers sisters these were the 12 men of God who stayed so closely with Jesus and they are the leaders. And that's what we see in the passage read out to us. When they started the first, the setup of church, the organized church, how, what is the issue they face? Grumbling. Where else do you face, uh, face this grumbling in Bible? The Lord Almighty God, Yahweh, the commander God, the God of Almighty who led people Israel out of Egypt, the moment they came out of Egypt, delivered from the bondages, from the slavery, what did they do? They grumbled. That's a typical style of all of us. Do you grumble at the table? Yes, my wife will say, Oh, Pastor Michael grumbles at every meal. <laughs> okay, there is, you know, attitude among all of us, men and women alike. It's not that, you know, men grumble or women grumble. All of us, even children do. There is always a grumbling at the point of food. The food points, you would have something or something that you want to point out. Here, that's exactly happened. It is a gathering of people, the, the men and women who are saved by, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, who are coming together. The group consists of 
uh, Hellenistic people, the people who spoke, uh, you know, Greek and were converted from even other Gentile uh, background, but then they became Jews. And those Jews, we call them Hellenists or Gratians, and they have become Christians. And that's what we read in verse 1. The introduction says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Gratian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So, in the early church was not an exception. The church under the very apostles' leadership faced a major challenge. What is the challenge they faced? We see increase in the number of disciples. Is it something, a problem to be reported? Oh my goodness, we are wanting our church to grow. I've been hearing from the elders, we want to have two services. Brother Michael, Pastor Michael, we have to pray earnestly that, you know, our church multiplies. But then they faced a challenge that became an issue. Increase in the number of disciples. Well, anywhere, when the number of people increase, there could be disgruntlement. There could be some kind of, uh, you know, dissatisfaction. Have you noticed in your own home? Well, many of us have only one kid, two kids. You know, I am, I'm having three children. Okay. And I grew up as eldest among seven children. Everywhere, every child will say, oh, I am left out. I've been not cared. I am not uh, given the preference. Only Michael gets a preference because I was a preferred child. Okay, as the eldest child, I don't know why my parents preferred me. But, you know, there was my sister who was also preferred, but then Michael will dominate. So there is a tendency among many when we are more in number that somebody will feel left out. Or somebody, because of their, you know, soft-spokenness or being very, you know, not hyper like Michael, you know, they are very soft or melancholic, you know, they are unattended. Take note, there is increase in number can be a determining thing. But here what we see in the Bible, when these people had increase in number, they faced a challenge. And the increase in number would always would uh, call for attention. And are we as a church, when the number is increasing, how are we attending? That's where I wanted to again reaffirm, STC attended to everybody by doing a link up Sunday. And we were not neglecting anybody, all those who signed, all those who volunteered, we made sure that is the way that we attend to the neglected group. When we overlook certain people, naturally it happens because the way certain people dominate or certain people are highly spoken or they are hyperactive and those who are very calm and quiet and composed can go into silence. And that's where we need to pay attention to the uh, feedback. You remember once upon a time, STC took the feedback that was brilliant. That gave me the chance to start the ministry, not from the pulpit, but from the pews, from the homes, from the grassroots level. And we see 
that has impacted. Building the rapport in the grassroots level brings up the church. So what we see, the neglected group overlooked were brought to the attention of the leaders. And then they, when they faced a challenge, this also became a challenge. How will they be ministered by the word of God? Look at how the apostles address verse two. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would, be, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on the tables. Well, doing the ministry at tables is very important. I grew up with a number of leaders who served at the tables. Why what I mean say is tables. In you know the particular church I come from, every Sunday we had love feast. We still have the love feast every Sunday. So the section of people allocated or delegated or given the assignment will take the turns and be in the cooking and be on the serving. There wasn't any disparity. No differentiation was made whether he's rich or poor, whether he's educated or uneducated, whether he worked in a government office or not in a, 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 a worked as a you know, clerk or somebody. Everybody came lined up taking the service at the table. So, but at the, on the other hand, the people who are established as elders, who were assigned the preaching duty, they took to the care of waiting on the Lord, bringing the word alive to the congregation. So, every church we face a challenge. This early church faced a challenge because of the differences that prevailed. But at the same time, remember, the growth has to come despite all kind of challenges. All kind of challenges are going to be there. This is where I want to point out the devil is all the time scheming to divide the church. Have you seen the division, how they come up? How the divisions are made up? Because of certain personalities, because of different uh, differences of opinion, because sometimes we are not uniform. But the unity is the one the Lord wants to drive home. That is the challenge they face. How to keep the church united? How to keep the church united? Not forsaking the social impacts because certain people were left out, but also not leaving aside the ministry of the word and prayer. And therefore, the disciples did a wonderful job. They called for a you know, the people for selection, and they came out with the brilliant selection. And that's where this I wanted to emphasize when we do every other work, social work, or, you know, caring work, never to compromise on this preaching of the word and the prayer. So let us not forget the challenge. And now this is very important. It is not that, you know, it's secondary or, you know, which is priority. It is, we always say in the evangelism, the preaching of the gospel is as important as caring for the people. It is the two sides of the same coin. So we need to have the proper care of the people as well as the equal importance, the priority to be given for all the uh, ministry of the word. So how did they find the solution? 
the solution came up like this. They made a consensus to allocate the responsibility, see what happened. Verse two, uh, three brothers, choose seven men from among you are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention in prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. What a united decision-making. The unity in decision-making was very predominant in the very early church. Though divisions came, though the challenge came, they were trying to take the consensus to share the responsibility. How did they share the responsibility? They threw the responsibility on the honors of the congregation. They came out. The selection, selected names were so interesting. Those seven men, we all know two people very predominantly, very popular in Bible, Stephen and Philip. Stephen, if you follow the rest of the chapter from eight following, he became such a mighty preacher of the gospel. He shook the very, you know, the, uh, the people, the Jewish leaders, the synagogue leaders, Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were taken by shock. Brothers and sisters, the unity in making the decision is, you know, to get the right people, install, bringing the consensus with the people who have the standing in the church. And therefore, when they selected the leaders, their list of qualities are listed here. I would run through the list. Number one, men of honest report, verse six, verse three, men of honest report. Are we having this kind of men, women in our church who can have a honest report? Number two, fall the full of Holy Spirit, verse six, uh, chapter six, verse three and five. Number three, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of power, full of power. If I just refer to you, the chapter six, verse eight, now steep. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. He was chosen for a service, hospitality, as we have a good team which is serving selflessly our STC church in the hospitality. And I'm sure earlier teams served so well and the caring teams served so well. Therefore, you see the fruits being seated here in STC church. But are we having these qualities? These are the biblically assigned quality by the Lord and the lessons we learned from the early church. Harness report, full of Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of power. Brothers and sisters, these are something in the cutting edge for every leader, whether it's a pastor, whether it is a member. It is not that, you know, members are segregated and not assigned responsibility. Just because these uh, uh, leaders needed to be identified to find a solution, the seven people were selected from their own group, the Hellenistic group. They are the Gracian Hebrew converts and they were chosen and were offered. And but their 
qualities are marvelous. And you keep reading about Stephen, his, uh, you know, the statement about him in verse 15, his face was like the face of an angel. We need to be people when we are selected to be like angels. And then we see further, you know, there is a call for caring. This is something very unique for every one of us. I'm 100% sure, you know, no church grows without caring people. Am I right? Have you seen somebody caring for you? Have you grown without somebody's care? Just recall, evaluate your life, how it was nurtured and was uh, uh, taken care and was brought to the forefront. There was someone who cared for you. Are you caring for someone else in your life? And I want to put all the points together to save the time. This care will come by dedicating them. Okay, the dedication by laying their hands. In the Bible, the laying of hands is very significant as it indicated how we affirm our faith on them and endowed their responsibility wholeheartedly to those people to perform. Verse uh, the, uh, 6, they, they presented them these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. They were given dedicated. We do that. Next week, we are going to have our elders and deacons dedicated. Brothers and sisters, we have almost followed this pattern of the early church. Therefore, I was so getting excited every now and then that how we are so sound and biblical. And what did happen when the call of care is taken care and the word of God is spreading? Word of God is spreading. How did it spread? It spread like a wildfire. And then what did happen? The disciples again started increasing. Are we, the church, showing this kind of growth, rapid growth? Rapid growth. And therefore, remember, the service unto the Lord is reflecting in the growth of the church. And I am very grateful to God for such a great, wonderful ministry happening. Now, in the closing, the application, how motivated are you at serving others? Thanks be to God, all of you served last Sunday through the Link Up Sunday. And we all serve through the cell groups. But how motivated are you? Is the word of God giving you this push, giving you this caring ministry? Brothers and sisters, unless otherwise each one of you here taking this aspect of caring, this is not going to impact the church. I'm sure you are doing it. Do you organize your life to serve? How are you organizing your life? Not that, you know, you are not doing it. Is there an intentional with your desire amounting that you will take one step to care? How many times many people come and told you, oh, I am lonely. Nobody cares for me in the church. No one pays attention to me. I came, I stood, nobody attended even to talk to me. Invite me to their home or to their home, his home, her home. Have you heard these comments? Why not? 
let us take up this opportunity. I remember some of these families whom I know personally, I don't want to name them. They take extra pain to invite them to their homes and talk to them over the cup of tea, over, the cup, uh, over a meal. That is awesome. That's a hospitality. That is one of the important gifts for every child of God. That is the welcoming way of making the church, you know, to welcome others and make the church grow. Also, certain people fix up a certain day in a week. This is assigned for inviting people. This is assigned for going and reaching out one more person other than whom we are associated with. So today, let us make an effort. How I'm going to organize to talk to someone whom I have not talked in the last two weeks time. That will motivate you if you take a decision like that. And that will motivate the person who is not attended to. I was in one small group of meeting and it was probably, you know, one particular person, very soft-spoken, okay, was standing alone somewhere, you know, facing somewhere else. I just went and put my arm around. I said, hi, so-and-so, why you are standing alone? He suddenly leaped with joy. He said, Brother Michael, I was just waiting for somebody to come and touch me and give me this love. That was a turning point in his life. He accepted Christ on that day. One touch, one pat on him. So I don't hesitate to pat on any of you because of that experience and put an arm around you and say that we love you, I care for you. Why I say that? That person is daily in touch with me for more than 12, 15 years now. He's a doctor by himself. But then that touch was the touch that he needed. That's what we call touch therapy. So remember, in our growth, take an extra effort. The one who's standing isolated or, you know, standing aloof, give the care. And this is what had happened in the early church. So in conclusion, I want to affirm that we, the church, will be full of the honest report. Are we working with this honest report? Many a times we act as though, you know, we are the greatest believers. What we speak, we don't sometimes we mean it. We don't even mean it. But what we mean, we don't even articulate and say it. Therefore, make sure before you seek care for you also, find out how many people you cared in your life. How many people grew because of the, uh, you know, the care you are given? Be, let the honest report be before everybody. Were, uh, the actions speak much louder than the words. Are you full of Holy Spirit? What does it mean, full of Holy Spirit? Yes, God has granted his gift of the Holy Spirit to everyone. Only when you open your heart, your life, he can be everywhere. And you don't allow him to operate, and it cannot operate. Therefore, we have the first martyr. What was his name? Stephen. One who was selected as deacon to serve on the table became the first person to martyr. Now you wonder why the church grow, you know, with such a big growth. It went like a wildfire. So there is nothing called serving on the table, something, you know, menial work or errand work. But you take on doing the errand work 
to serve the people with the preaching of the gospel. And then what we see, that is the full of the Holy Spirit. The second person, Philip, you see in Bible in the eighth chapter, he was chosen for deaconship to serve on the table. He became a great preacher of the gospel. He brought gospel to Ethiopia. Full of wisdom. How do we see the wisdom displayed? How do you see full of faith? Are you speaking faith language? Full of power. This power is not the you know, strength you have, how the muscle power is, but the power to be brought. That's what we see in the life of Stephen and uh, Philip. They, you know, Philip could run after the chariot and get onto the board of the chariot and speak to the person. God is calling us. I'll challenge this church once again. Are we growing through care? And we are doing it, surely. Blessed be the name of God. And therefore, let us grow, even multiply by dedicating ourselves, by offering our lives. May God bless you. Shall we look to God in prayer? Blessed Heavenly Father, you cared for us as the mother cares her children. Lord, even when we grumble and murmur, and complain, you do attend to us, O Lord. And here from the early church, we learned this wonderful lesson of, Lord, how we need to face a challenge and find a solution through prayer. And also, Lord, come with a call for care. Yes, Lord, every child of God is called to care. Therefore, Lord, this church will see again such a big growth in the days to come. Let your church grow. Let your people grow. Let we all go also and grow. Yes, Lord, the very deacons, those who were selected, they became such a models to us. Thank and praise you for their eminence in their Christian walk. And also thank and praise you for the lesson we learned today. Bless us, send us forth with the as a caring people, as does our Holy Spirit does. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the tender care and his presence of the Holy Spirit abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. The hospitality team would be waiting to serve you at the table outside. Have a cup of tea. God bless you. Thank you for joining us.